Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Too Old to Die Young, Volume 7, The Magician. So full spoilers for the episode as always. Uh, Joe, it's funny, because we're doing these weekly right now, uh, there is time between episodes, and because last one was a, a purely Jesus and Yuritsa episode, I was like, oh shit, it's been ages since I've seen Martin, <laughs> it's been ages since I've seen these characters. Yeah, last time we saw him, he got stabbed in the desert. He did get stabbed in the desert. That is quite right. So this episode opens. Is it the scene with Martin and, and um, uh, Debbie to start with? Uh, or sorry, so. not Debbie, Diana. Sorry, <laughs> been a couple weeks ago. Basically, she's she's asking a bunch of questions, and it very much feels like the initiation of of him into possibly being Vigo's replacement. Now that is the scene. And she's giving him all these kind of questions. It's all these kind of moral questions. Like, so if, if you see someone getting stabbed, <laughs> like an old man's getting stabbed, what do you do? Intervene. <laughs> like kind of, I mean, I wasn't one of them, I don't think. But, you know, it was that kind of thing uh, yeah. over and over again. Uh, he keeps pausing, he keeps saying the right thing. And I was wondering, like, at what point does it sound like he's just... Because it's really obvious what the good answer is every single time. It's not like they're tricky questions in terms of, you know, a moral choice. But eventually she gets to a teenager is attracted to you and offers herself sexually. What do you do? And there's this pause. And I'm like, do they know? Is that why she's asking this? Do, do they know? I and think they know. he's like, walk away. And she's like, are you sure about that? There's a look that Vigo gives her at this point that made me think they maybe kind of know, but they're giving him a chance to fess up. Like, they, they want him to kind of, like, accept his sins and kind of move on. And I think that's kind of a theme for a lot of the episode, because he does actually own up to certain things later in the episode. Not everything, but we do get there. Yeah. Um. So, we go from this to Janie's 18th birthday party. Yeah, and this is the party that we were being told about last episode. It was, and her friend, uh, who we met last episode, is there as well. She she meets Martin briefly in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we've got this ridiculous Janie balloon that's like an arch and big 18s floating around, and um, yeah. the Baldwin stands up and goes, oh, I can't believe it, my baby he girl. He gives a creepy speech about how hot his daughter is. He talks about how beautiful she is. He then also says, well, you're 18, that means it's only a few years until I start dating your friends. And then he's kind of like, Make some suggestive dancing moves towards him. And he does it for like a good 10, 15 seconds before he eventually goes, I kid, I kid. I'm like, you took too long to say you were kidding. That was too long. Yeah, yeah. It too was long. a long time. Um, you know, even the way he kisses her, because she makes like, oh, come on up, Jenny. Okay. And there's a long pause and then they'll clap for her and he's like, yes, clap, clap, clap. And he kisses her in the cheek at first, but then he kisses her on the neck like three times. And it's like, a, it's a couple kisses. This is a couple thing. Dad's not kissed their daughters this way. This is creepy as shit. As if he hasn't been creepy as shit since the first time we met him. Well, he has, but I mean, we reach a a a, a peak in this episode. Oh, we do. Yeah. We, there's, we, there's a reason mine snaps. We reach a a culmination, as it were. Sure. For the audio listeners, I made a hand gesture there that was supposed to symbolise an ejaculation happening yeah. ejaculation yeah. ejaculation <laughs> ejaculation that's the word i was going for anyway so 
like so some some visual things i want to point out in this scene that i really like when he's in the bath uh, not the bathroom sorry the kitchen when he's in the kitchen and he's watching the party again he's very separate from the party everyone's like celebrating and you know sitting around the main room on this big circle and they're in like this you know brightly lit room this party room with of balloons and there, you know there's music playing they're all talking and he is in the kitchen which is completely in the dark um and when i say completely in the dark i mean i obviously can still see him it's not pitch black but it's you know the lights aren't on the lights aren't on and not only that, the, the shot of like his POV looking through at the party and also looking back at him, uh, it's through the, the the door frame. There's like a sort of glass yeah. wall as a, a physical, door. Physical divide. Yeah. Uh, and you can see through it. It's, it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not like clear glass. Like it, It's frosted, but you can make out the shapes beyond it. And I, I think it's an interesting sort of visual representation of his view of the world like he has this window where you can kind of see into it maybe through Janie but everything else is kind of frosted and it's not quite something he yeah. understands you know simple, simple enough little trick but it was something that was there uh, and the, the visual motif comes back later as well which is why I'm making a point of mentioning it um, but yeah so he makes a speech and then you know her friend comes in and says hi to Martin at one point even later uh when the dad's making this speech because by this point he's actually in the room now and it's uh, at the end of the speech he gets a phone call um from from damien and he's asked to come and see him because he he uh he t- you know declines the call the first time yeah and, and then it rings again and he's like okay I, maybe maybe this is serious he answers it i was actually a little bit surprised damien never you know like hey don't don't hang up on me again you know sort of thing Hmm. I was uh, kind of surprised he was so. He shook because someone tried to kill yeah, him. Yeah, he, he was he was borderline easygoing in the response. <clears throat> to, to, well, to what's interesting is so so Martin drives off and meets him at this house that he's he's hiding out at. Uh, he's got a lot of guards um, and stuff. He's he's in the, the the back door, and Martin comes out and they're talking over a wall. And again, there's kind of a divide. You know, it's it's not as maybe the same divide that um that he has with the real like sort of civilized world. But even with Damien, there's this like low, fairly yeah. low wall separating them, and they can sort of see each other over it. Again, I think there's, there's a lot of metaphors in the imagery in this episode as for how Martin's separate from people. Mm. Um, yeah. But uh, so Damien explains that someone tried to kill him, and uh, he believes it was the Mexicans over territorial disputes, and he needs he to try. He just got lucky in that. Okay, you know they missed me basically. Well, he's right. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think he realizes it was lucky due to sheer incompetence. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, but he, you know, explains this, and he wants to Martin to get any info he can from the police to find out, like, if they can track down who's behind this. Uh, you know, just that kind of thing. And Martin's like, okay, I'll make a call, and we get probably maybe the funniest scene in the episode here, uh, mm-hmm. where Martin calls the station and he gets the fat cop that we've been seeing. And as soon as he he answers the phone, and you know Martin puts it on the speaker, so it's just sitting on the wall in between both him and Damien. And this guy's just like, "Oh, hey, Martin, how's your cock?" Sorry. And again, just keep in mind this shows a lot of long pauses before Martin responds to things. So it's just this blank stare for like five seconds, and then, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Well, I mean, you're off ill, right? So that just means you're sitting around jacking off all day." Yes. <laughs> and then he's like, "Do you want to hear about my cock?" Again, long pause. No. <laughs> and the best part is, is every so often it cuts back to Damien's reaction. Just and he's just... Horrified. He's just standing... Yeah, because the best... I mean, the, my favourite part of all this is when he eventually hangs up the phone, Damien says, Jesus Christ, please tell me he's not a real cop. And he's like, 
Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so it's such a good good scene like, for the comedy stuff. I, I do love that the, the Damien's perspective. He kind of wants the cops to be incompetent because that's good for him. You know, uh, in in terms of criminal activity. But this guy is so incompetent and, and ridiculous that he's like, please tell me they're better than that. I mean, you have to imagine that, okay, he, I mean, you, you'd say he wants incompetence, but I think Damien's not a savage. I think he still wants cops to be able to solve, like, simple murders and, like, rapes and things like that oh, that are around. He, he wants you know? them to be incompetent enough to, that he can get through. Yeah, yeah, but he, it's not like he doesn't want police to deal with things like that he just doesn't want them to deal with his organized crime but where, where he yeah. sees he sees himself as building a sort of respectable enterprise i suppose um yeah sure um but he's like please tell me he's not a real cop so and obviously the captain gets on the phone he's like oh you're going to get back to work you're asking about things and you're supposed to be on sick and, leave and he's like no i'm, I'm not ready yet I, I need at least another week or two still now you're ready to go jesus got nailed to the cross and he was back up in three days <laughs> he's like oh we'll talk to you doctor we'll get you in next week be fine martin really should have spied that it? well yeah but i'm not jesus <laughs> jesus was kind of a special case just fyi <laughs> yeah oh dear but i mean i think it's notable he mentions his wound easily it keeps opening back up i think there's obviously i think some symbolism there uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more later because it's more relevant later but uh, it is mentioned yeah. for the first time in in this scene um, but why? Why I really know about this scene is that yeah, okay, he'll call me back tomorrow, whatever. I'll, I'll let you know anything, and he's like, "Thank you." Um, is that you know, Martin takes a moment here, is like not a long pause, as there always is with these two, because both of them just wait for ages to respond. And Martin says, "Take care of yourself." And Damien sort of says, "Yeah," and even says, "Thanks, actually." Um, and what what I kind of noted here was that. This exchange, as as far as close as we can get with these two, this felt like a, a moment of friendship where Martin... It, it was borderline genuine. Yeah, where Martin legitimately is like, I don't actually want you to die. <laughs> so I hope you don't. That was essentially the, the, the sentiment of, of the scene, of the, of the moment. Yeah. And Damien accepts that and acknowledges it. And I actually felt... All, all, as, as close as these, these two can get to sweet. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That came across, uh, which of course maybe makes you get a bit, but got punched later on in the episode, which will won't go quite that far. We'll get well. I mean, you know, again, as close as you can get to a gut punch with uh, <laughs> these characters. Um, so Martin goes back to the the party. He you know he literally leaves Janie's world, goes to his criminal underworld, and then comes back to Janie's world. You know, in the, in the span of like an hour. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. And the party's over, and she's like, oh, we'll just go, it's like a work thing, blah, blah, blah. And what I, just in the, the blocking of this scene, again, this shot, almost entirely for the scene, is behind the, the glass wall through the door frame. Um, mm -hmm. And there's like a middle slit through the door that's, you know, normal image, and then you've got the sort of frosty glass on either side. And he's sitting behind the frosty glass on the right, and we can see Janie properly through the door frame. And then, after a couple of moments, because he's went and sat on the opposite sofa, you know, not very intimate, right? She yeah. gets up and walks over and sits next to him in his world. She actually leaves hers, the safety of her world, yeah, and enters his. Great bit of symbolism here. Um, of course, it actually cuts to them waking up the next morning before we actually we see the sex scene, as it were, uh, sort of intercut with him waking up uh, in the morning. Yeah, I think we see it start here on the sofa before we cut ahead. Yeah, we don't see it properly though until after the morning that Steen starts. Yeah. Um, 
Although, I would phrase this in an interesting way. I'd phrase this as her having sex with him. I wouldn't say he's having sex with her. And what I mean by that is that he just kind of sits there and she's doing everything. She, she's, you know, like, he looks just as stoic as ever. Pretty much, yeah. He he really doesn't emote much in this show, does he? For, forgive the, the pun here, but he looks very stiff. It was terrible. It was an excellent, excellent line. Um, but... You know, and again, it's the idea that he's not really invested in the world, and I think he thinks he cares about her, or he's supposed to care about her, um, in his own way. But I think he probably does care about her as much as he is able to care. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's like he's just kind of putting on an act. I mean, I mean, he kind of is, but I don't think he thinks he's putting on an act. And I think the symbolism of her waking up in the morning and his his wound is opened up, and she's got blood all over her. Right, it looks like there's been a massacre in the bed. It did look really bad, didn't it? Yeah, and she's got covered in blood. And I, I all think it takes, you know, like the, the the visual imagery here of like his blood on her, like her covered in blood because of him, is you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and this is what we've talked about that you know what the wound is, you know, symbolic of. You know, okay, he went out and you know he went on this personal mission, uh, you know, uh, and ended up getting stabbed, trying to do something good at the end. Don't me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, this this lingering, festering wound, you know, and now okay, it keeps opening up every time he goes goes back into you know the the life of crime. It opens back up. Yeah, yeah, it's representing his uh, like the wound would heal, uh, and he would stay satisfied if he kept doing what he felt like he was supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, and I think there's also the added guilt um, uh, that he's feeling because of Janie, because the questions that he's being asked by by the others. Um, so yeah, so that's a great image, and it cuts back to the sex scene, and then it, like he wakes up to the sound of uh, the Baldwin uh, purring and stroking the, you know, the big Tiger. stuff lying that was next to the the chair. Yeah, uh, and he he says, "I like watching you sleep," um, because that's a normal thing to say to a a platonic person. Yeah, yeah, your 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 daughter's boyfriend. Yes, your daughter's boyfriend who's. Who's <laughs> an adult? <laughs> um, but he's like, "Hey, I've got something to show you." And we get we cut to this weird scene where we're essentially watching a kind of a remake almost of the opening scene of the show, where two cops, much like Martin and his partner, pull over this woman, and his partner uh, like starts to kind of harass her and kind of imply that they're going to you know force her into a sexual situation. It goes further than they, they did in the actual scene, but. Eventually, the camera pulls out, and we see this is on a home theater screen. We're in a very fancy home theater um, uh, that he obviously he has in his house. Not, not surprising at this point. Not surprising. Um, it's the only thing in his house, though. I'm a little bit jealous. So every, all the art and shit, I don't care. But <laughs> good home theater. This room. Oh. Yeah, I'll take this room. I'll do it. I'll take this one. Yeah. Um. So it's never actually stated clearly. I actually watched this scene twice because I wanted to really pay attention to his dialogue as to where this idea came from does does he know about this incident does he know anything about this did he get this somehow from somewhere did the girl in some way come forward to someone and it somehow got to him through something um because there is a line later on where he says now that i own you implying you know and he threatens to like show this to Janie, which is implying that he knows this was him yeah but even if she if he did show it to her it's not proof in any way is it no it's, it's not it's really not um but he's like, oh, what do you think of it? He's like, oh, it's all right. And, you know, because Martin's like sitting a couple of rows back because there's like four rows of like, you know, big comfortable recliner chairs. And 
this is where he gets proper creepy because he's he's like, hey, between you, just you and me as men, um, you know, Jenny's a ten, right? Um, yeah, she's a ten. And then he says, you know, I always said that if I wasn't her father, which is the creepy. I mean, that is like the worst thing to come out of a father's mouth. If I wasn't her father, and also. I, I, I always said that. Always since when? At what age did you start saying that? That implies he's been saying that see, for a while. See, what's interesting, I think there's a line where when they're young enough, it's like, oh, that's sweet. Oh, yo, she's going to be a 10, right? You know, it, it's kind of sweet. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah, you're going to say, oh, my daughter's going to be so, beautiful when she's grown up, sure. Right, so he can kind of say, oh, I always said that. And there's just a point no, no, where no, no, it's no, 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 that's not, no, 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 that's not what he said he always said. The line was, I always said, if I wasn't her father. Okay, sorry, yeah. At no point, at no age. I, I, I thought you say, oh, if, you know, she, you know, she was always, a, you know, I always said she was a 10. I thought no, 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 that no. was no, no, He no, says I'm... that about saying, if I wasn't her father. Right, okay, yeah. I'm, I was mixing the two yeah. lines up. There is no, no point in her life where that no. line is acceptable. No, no, there's not. Not one. And... Then it's after that line where he just pauses, his his mouth's agape for a long time, and he starts panting and groaning, and then unbuckles his belt and starts jacking off. And it, you know, it cuts back to Martin, who's kind of realizing what he's doing and he's looking over at him. There's a shot of like the back of his head as he's orgasming or whatever, uh, in the front seat. And you know, and he's snorting like throughout this conversation conversation. He snorts at the end of, of, of his of his masturbating session. Um, and of course, one of the things that this obviously puts it in the realm of now we have no evidence to suggest that he actually in any way has ever sexually assaulted Jenny. We don't, you know, we've never had an indication of that specifically. I, I don't think there there was any implication of that whatsoever. Even here, you know, oh, if I wasn't her father. Yeah, obviously he is very disturbed. He is very creepy. But what it does do is that it brings it into the the line of thinking of the certain victims that Martin and, and Vigo go after. In fact, the one scene we skipped earlier on, actually, is they go to a house um, to take care of these uh, these parents who have been abusing their foster kids. Yeah. Um, which, I, I'm actually sad that I glossed over that scene because it's a really well-shot scene uh, where Martin comes in, you know, on uh, pretending to be on duty. He's got his badge, obviously, still. He's like, oh, there's some break-ins in the area. We have to talk to you about it. And, you know, we hear that they've got foster kids and immediately, like, oh, God. Uh, and Vigo comes in the back door and they, you know... Uh, and again, and maybe it's worth mentioning here that his wound does not open during this, even though he's violently stabbing this this abuser uh, at yeah. one point in this scene. Um, but yeah, so you know, Martin gets up uh, whilst uh, he's whilst the Baldwin's still talking and saying creepy shit. Because the other thing he points out in the middle of this scene is that oh, she never told you she was going to work for me, you know, because that was something he said in his speech yeah. uh, at the birthday party. Uh, and Martin, uh, there's a mistake in the subtitles here actually, because when I rewatched the scene, I put the subtitles on just to catch all the the nuances that I may have missed. Okay. Um, and the the hard of hearing subtitles when he hits him over the back of the head with a gun, it says gunshot, <laughs> and I'm like, that wasn't a gunshot. <laughs> How dare you, damn subtitler! Don't you know the difference between a pistol whip and a gunshot? Someone should get a pay doct. Yes. Uh, so. And then, you know, it's like, okay, is he actually going to kill him? Is he just, like, you know, hitting him once in anger? And he takes off his belt. I actually, I'll be honest, I thought he was going to piss on him. I don't, like... I don't know, it was, it was standing over him he took off his belt. I thought he was going to piss on him. No, I never got that impression. I, do, you I really, actually, do you really think that would be that out of place on this show? It wouldn't, but when he took off his belt, I thought he was going to, fr- like, fake him hanging himself. 
Ah, okay. Um, I thought that's what he was going to do with it. No, he just put it around his neck and held it tight. And I think it's worth mentioning that his wound is not open after this scene. His wound, as far as we can tell, is fine for the rest of the episode. So it's almost like he's found another potential abuser and he's like, okay, he's yeah. crossed the line enough for me. I'm going to... I'm yeah, going to go which is interesting, like I say, because obviously there's no implication he ever actually did anything, right? Uh, you know, to the point where, you know, like I say, he says, oh, if she wasn't my daughter, which implies there is a a level of awareness where he didn't do anything, right? At least to her. Um, but obviously to Martin, because it's, it's obviously it's his wound, it's his moral justification. It's enough. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I mean, you can debate if this is enough. You can debate if this is, um, like, uh, like, you know, if, if you know, if if he tells Vigo everything at some point, and he doesn't know how much, we, you know, we don't know how much he actually tells him yet. We know he tells him that it's his girlfriend's dad, um, but not necessarily what he said or or what he's done. Um, like, is Vigo okay with what 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 the reason was? Mm. Is he okay with the justification uh, that he sounds like he is a potential abuser, e- even though, as far as we know, he never actually did? Um, and I think that I think that's the key thing is potential abuse as far as we know vigo has never gone after potential abusers right it's always been people who we know have committed crimes yeah but i actually have no idea how he feels about that because because they're ultimately it'd be hard to get into that situation but there's ultimately going to be situations where you can tell there's a risk of it like you know you can see it going a certain way and you know the way he's speaking like if, if, if he had a daughter right now who was a child like a young child I, I would be phoning social services and... and oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know. I'm not say, I'm not in any way saying it was acceptable or, you know, that, you know, he should be looking after kids. Clearly not. No, he shouldn't be. He should be nowhere near kids. No, absolutely not. But um, there is a huge difference between, okay, we're going to take the kids away and we're going to whack you in case you might do something, right? In, oh, sure. in, in, as opposed to all the others where it's you have done something. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's going to go down this debate. It might not. It might be just an understanding on the in, in terms of the show's themes that this is Martin overstepping because it's personal. And maybe that's all the understanding he has to get to is that he understands why he did this this time as opposed to, you know, you yeah. know the more justified examples. Uh, but, you know, there's some great cinematography here. I love the final shot of him strangling him where it's like him against the screen and it's just it's the bright lights hitting him from the projector. Yeah, that's um, good. Really good stuff. Um, and he phones Vigo to help him dispose of the body in the car. Uh, they go to the the junkyard and get it crushed. And uh, he's like, okay. And he he gets a phone call and gets some info. Actually, I mean, he gets like a lack of info. Basically, there's no info yeah. to get from the other cop. But he gets the phone call, and he's like, okay, can we stop somewhere on the way back? I need to tell someone bad news. Uh, but before they even get to Damien, though, they pull over. Uh, I say the because. Martin's feeling guilty. Martin's feeling guilty he lied. He wants to be more honest. He wants to... And I think, like, this idea that he might replace Vigo, it's like, before he can do that, he has to completely come clean about everything. He has to be honest about who he is and what he's done and sort of rebirth himself, like, cleanse himself, if you you know. And I say it that way because, obviously, a lot of the tone of the way uh, Diana speaks to people, it is very kind of new age, like, meditation, spiritually, yeah. Um... But 
and he's and I love the backdrop of this because it's one wide shot almost the entire time, and there's like a, it's like a refinery or something like that behind them. It's like you know this industrial, uh, big machinery, big tankers kind of thing, and he's uh he's like no I need to come clean I need to tell you something. Uh, the guy's my girlfriend's dad, and he's he's like well how much does she know? She's going to ask questions. And Martin doesn't really have a good answer. He just says, I'll figure something out. That's yeah. all he says. And and kind of go asking, you know, oh, why did he do it? And he's like, oh, you know, he kind of goes, oh, I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is interesting. You know, the, the idea that he's kind of aware that he crossed the line, like you say, you know, that it was more personal than usual. He can't quantify. I think that's the start of the show. Can in the other ones. We've been talking about him gaining a conscience over the course of the the season and i think this is the episode where i really see it kind of forming yeah so because it's, it's not until he goes too far that he realizes that he has one yeah basically um although not to gloss over Janie has a scene with her friend uh, where they come home and her dad's not there um and uh, the, the notable thing here um outside i'm talking about martin and just kind of how he's kind of weird uh or rude was the the word that her friend uses um, is that Janie talks about waking up being covered in blood and being turned on by it, uh, that she was into this. And and her friend's just like, that's that's effed up. Yes, something's wrong know, with you. Ser- seriously, something's wrong with you. Yes. Um, so, no, and I, I think this is maybe a sign that like him being in her life is, is a kind of a weird influence. It's, it's, it's kind of uh, breeding other stuff in her you know like would, would she even be like going down this weird path if he never entered her life probably not yeah he's probably uh, polluting her life i guess is the the word i'd use um yeah uh, i mean I, but then you go on the 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 hypothetical argument of well you know her her very creepy weird dad just convinced her to stay and work with him instead of going off to college like you know like she was going to yeah and it's, that's true you know, did, did he actually you know help you know help her out in that you know and, and save her from something or is he being really creepy and has creepy intentions i you know yeah hard hard to hard, hard to say um but no so again setting up some of her own stuff here uh and her own ideas um and there's not as much in this this episode with the theme of uh, money necessarily uh there's definitely plays for for power um for sure mm, and definitely, definitely how women are treated because of the, you know, obviously all the talk about Janie and everything else but um anyway so the, the final two scenes of the episode is that martin and uh, vigo go to where damien is and he even says to uh, vigo do you want to come in he's like sure <laughs> i'm like why, why not I'm yeah here. okay we're gonna get vigo with damien that'll be interesting uh but we don't because as soon as they open the door there's a bloodbath everyone there's dead so they pull out the guns and they go through very creepily very slowly very cautiously methodically uh, would be the word i'd use methodically there you go um and eventually they get to a room where they both look at we don't see what it is yet but it's once they walk away the camera goes down and we see two hands uh, just sitting in a pool of blood, D- detached hand, detached hands. Yes, two, two, yes. two, two well, detached I, hands. Yes. I want to make it clear: you don't just see two hands in the edge of frame. It's oh, sure. Just two hands. It's just it's two. Yes, amputated hands. Yeah. Um, I want to say I was shocked this wasn't the final scene. You know, that, that, cut... that shot where it was it kind of slowly come up into the and it just showed you the hands and sat on them. 
I was convinced it was ending there, and then it carried on for like another five minutes, maybe. Yeah, there's what just one more scene, but obviously the scenes in this show tend to be quite long because <laughs> they're all so slow paced yeah. and and whatnot. So yeah, we get a scene where it's because this turns out to be Damien's hands. You know, the Mexicans have got Damien in a in a emptied out swimming pool uh, with his hands cut off. Uh, he's obviously in great pain. He looks terrible. He's you know, I mean, not just including his hands, but his face and like just he looks yeah. like he's been through hell. And Alf, uh, sorry, no, uh, not Alfonso. Uh, Jesus and Yaritza walk in. Um, and Alfonso was a uh, William Defoe, who is there as well, actually. Uh, you, you don't get a good look at him, but he's he's the one who, when they came in, he's like, "See, yeah, we sorted it." He's he's all, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. You know, he's he's been all William Defoe. Um, yeah. Anyway, so so they come in, and Jesus comes down the swimming pool and comes up to him and says, "Um." You know, we're going to make an example out of you. Next, I'm going to cut your tongue. Then I'm going to, you know, cut your eyes. And and like mail them to various people. Yeah, right? uh, tongues to his mom. The eyes are to someone else. Like it was. I don't remember. It, it, it was it was in depth. It was a, it was a very intricate plan he had here. Yes, yes, it was really thought out. Um, but not his ears because he wants him to always hear the world that he's not getting to experience. He wants to yeah. at least hear things so that he knows what he's not seeing or feeling or tasting or, or whatever. And uh, so really dark. A uh, really, really extreme example, um, and you're like, "Shit, man, Jesus is actually like, he, terrifying. He's, yeah, he's kind of terrifying." Um, and we get this game-changing little little reveal, which is not super shocking, I don't think, but it it's shocking for the or not shocking. It, it's it's cataclysmic for the direction of the story, and and you know, sending the two plots that we've been following, uh, you know, just battling. Ahead, towards you know, each, other, towards each yeah. other you know it's like so Damien's like you killed the wrong cop another cop it was another cop who killed your mother um, and I'll tell you everything I know if you give me a quick death basically and again very long and drawn out yeah. and here's the thing I don't know whether or not to believe him that's a fair point yeah like is he just saying this because it, it, you know, it gives him a quick death so he's just going to say this to He'll say whatever he can just to get himself right which, undead. Which stings, because Martin did seem to actually care a little bit about him earlier on. <laughs> right, but it would completely throw out how, you know, the start of this show, we were like, that felt like the first time man had killed someone. You know, it felt like such a momentous moment. Like, okay, I'm finally working for you now. To recontextualize this as, no, 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 he did kill someone before this. Um, does change things, I think. And not necessarily for the better. That's assuming that he's telling the truth, which, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, that could very much be a path we go down. This idea that this one lie might completely devastate like every character on the show. Because, because I think I think it's the only person he could blame that is believable. It's like, oh no, you you killed the wrong partner, right? They were they were a team. You just well, not, well, not, not only that, but Martin's been working for him since. Yeah, um, because I will say this: if it's true. Then it was still the partner who had the job, and Martin just went with him because that was the implication I always had. Is that you know sure. Martin wasn't the one working for him; he just kind of went along with him when he had some jobs for for Damien, yeah. um, and then he didn't really start working directly for Damien until the start of the show. You know, we had that story back in the first episode or two. Definitely. Um, so yeah, it, it could be a lie because it would it would get him out of this, and the idea of just like. It would make it more tragic that that you know Jesus is going to come like guns blazing and like you know try and like over kind of nothing. Yeah, um, 
And like, because I mean, it doesn't surprise me that the, the potential of this entire show is going to be one big tragedy where just at the end everyone is just brutal. Like, you know, because I think he's going to kill Janie and it's going to be brutal. I think, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a tragedy. I think that's been clear for a long time. Yeah. The only question is, is it, is it a tragedy that Martin survives and gets to be the new Vigo going like at the end of the show? Does he survive so he can at least be the one positive outcome? Is that there's still a soldier for good at the end? I don't actually know. Yeah, I could see it going either way. I really could. Um, yeah. I, I think Vigo's a goner, and because he's dying I mean, anyway. He's dying anyway. So it's yeah. like, yeah, go for it. Um, I, I did love the shot though, because after he says it, it was Martin. Uh, there's a great shot of uh, Yuritsa walking down the side of the pool, just a tracking shot going from right to left. It just looked great. Yeah, because there's a moment where you know is is Jesus going to deliver? Right, you know, yeah. okay, he's giving him what he needs. Is he actually gonna, you know, keep his word? Because we've never really seen if Jesus does keep his word or not. Uh, I mean, it's never been tested. Yeah, yeah. You always get, given how he how much he looks down to some of the other characters. You always get the impression he has at least thinks of himself as a man of honor and integrity. We, I assume so. Don't yeah. me wrong. I, I am assuming so, but we've never found out for sure. Um, obviously, it's enough for for Damien. You know, it's like, oh, no, your word is good enough. I think in 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 that life, it's all you've got. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Yurisa comes down and she's the one. That's, you know, the final shot's her pointing the gun. Um. Yeah. Um, and, and pull the trigger. And again, in a very powerful shot, it's very low angle. I mean, sure, I think you can criticize it for being a little bit sexy because when she pulls a leg up to like, get the gun, it's very much like, here's here's some sexy leg. But the position is very low angle and it gives her this very dominating kind of, like, you know, position of power in the shot. She looks oh, very definitely. intimidating. Um, and it very much kind of like, and Damien going down, who's been careless, you know, for, for a good time in the show, he was the most powerful character. We saw him as the big bad that was roping Martin into this world. And now he's made to look small because now he's been taken out kinda, by them. Kind of looks like a bit of a chump here, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a bit harsh, but. <laughs> I mean, the dude's got no hands. Looks like a chump. That's how you define chump. I define chump as someone who has to wait in a queue because they're not important enough to skip. That's a chump, not someone who has the hands cut off. In context, it's pretty chumpish. Chump is not a serious enough word for the context of having one's hands cut off. I'm, I'm, I'm standing by this. Carpenters will back me up. Yeah, the chump. Sure. So anyway, we have three episodes left. Two and a half. Sure, because the last one's only like thirty minutes, uh, which will feel like such a pleasant surprise when we get there. Because that's the thing. By this show standards, that's not even half. That's a third of some of them. <laughs> Well, yeah, next episode, episode eight, is uh, the 90 minutes, give or take again. So, we'll be back um, to that, are we? So, yeah, that'll, that'll be next week's episode. Uh, but no, um, yeah, the episode was great. Um, you know, as per usual with this show, uh, there wasn't actually that many scenes. If anything, this might be one of the lowest scene counts of of the show yeah. so far. It was a slightly shorter episode, I think, than, than, than what I would assume is the average. It was just over 70 minutes, so yeah. So it was a lot of shorter. Long by most TV standards. But I mean, on, on this, I feel like we're slightly below average. Maybe I'm wrong, but but uh, yeah, <clears throat> I'm doing my Baldwin impression. Please <laughs> <clears throat> never do that again. <laughs> um, but yeah, by all means, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. If you want to support us financially, you can do that over at patreon.com slash TV. Go and have a look and see what's on offer. You get some stuff early, some bonuses for as little as a dollar per month, and obviously you get some other stuff at the higher tiers. Um, it helps keep the shows coming, ensures the content uh, survives, and you get to feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. 
Uh, so go have a look uh, and also get us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. Um, you can also check out other content we've got. We're doing The Boys also for Amazon Prime right now. We're about halfway through that. Uh, so check out reviews for that. Same audio feed for that as well. Uh, you can get everything we do on YouTube or Mail Fuzz TV. But you can also get the Netflix uh, reviews audio feed uh, for all the Netflix shows we do. Uh, which And we have Main Hunter just about to start. We just started Dear White People Season 3 and uh, Glow Season 3 is about to start. So a lot of stuff going on uh, TV-wise right now. So check it all out. Um, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?